Does your wife cook anything else for you? What does on, she like to make? On game day? Any day. What, what does, does she, she like, like to make? Reservations. Reservations. <laughs> <laughs> That's Cindy's favorite. That's her favorite oh, thing to oh, do. Oh, absolutely. Hey, everybody. I'm Chef Tim Lopez. I work as a line chef and first cook at the Eagles Novacare in South Philadelphia. And this show is about taking a look at football through the foods that we all love. We're going to talk with players, coaches, chefs, and celebrities about the food culture of our team and our Eagles community. This is Feeding the Birds. Hey, everybody. This is Chef Tim Lopez, Season 2, Episode 4 of Feeding the Birds podcast. I'm very happy to be here for another episode. We have a really good one for you today. We have an interview with a legend, Mr. Merrill Reese. He's going to talk to us about some of his favorite foods, and also a game day tradition that he never has missed in over 30 years, being the voice of the Eagles. We also have an interview with a seasoned Eagles tailgater. He's a season ticket holder named Ed Callahan. He's been a Birds fan for well over 50 years. He's also a veteran. Terrific guy. I got to sit down with him at the link, talk to him right in his RV, and you're going to hear all about that, his game day traditions, and some of his favorite foods. Hey, so let's just kick it off to the voice of the Eagles, Merrill Reese. Well, let me tell you, fans, I am honored to sit down today with the very first contact I ever had with the Philadelphia Eagles, Mr. Merrill Reese. It's a pleasure to have you in the studio today, Merrill. I am thrilled to be here, Tim. I have enjoyed your cooking for quite a while, and it's, it's fun to be with you. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you for making time for us today. Let me explain what I mean by my first contact with the Eagles. I grew up in upstate New York in enemy territory. Hmm. Okay, I was not a Giants fan. I wasn't really much of a football fan. In fact, I grew up not really caring that much about sports. I was a huge geek. Star Wars was released May 25th, 1977. A mere eight months later, on December 11th, 1977, you began your broadcast career with the Philadelphia Eagles. I never knew that those two events in my life, something I loved dearly as Star Wars and football, would coincide, but they did because I moved to Philadelphia in 2003. I was working in a country club in Jersey, commuting back and forth. The only way I could experience Philadelphia Eagles games was through WIP, and hearing your voice was the only way I was able to see them. I was working in a kitchen. It was hot. It was busy, but we heard you calling the game every time the guys played. And so when I had the opportunity to come here and work here, I was blown away, but it didn't hit home for me, not when I met Donovan McNabb, not when I met Andy Reid, and I came to work here in 2007, but the first time you walked in the cafeteria and I heard your voice before I saw you, as most people I think will attest the first time they meet Merrill, and he came up and I said, Mr. Reese, it's a pleasure to meet you. And you said, no, the pleasure's mine. What are you serving today? And it just <laughs> blew my mind. And so I wanted to just say, from never having a connection with the Eagles other than your voice to working here at the Philadelphia Eagles is absolute pleasure to not only work with you, but to serve you food and just celebrate your 42 years in uh, broadcasting with the Eagles. That's so, so nice of you to say, Tim. Thank but, you But I much. honestly mean when I say this, I can't imagine that there's another team in the National Football League that is fed as well as this one. I mean, the food you have on a daily basis, this has become my favorite restaurant. Well, thanks very much. <laughs> I appreciate that. You're one of our favorite guys to have in the cafe. Everybody perks up when you come in you know so thank you very much for everything you give this city and thanks for giving us a little shot in the arm every time we My see pleasure, you a couple really. times a week in the cafeteria so i just wanted to relate that story to you you know it's so nice to hear nah, no problem in a way i was a merrill reese fan before i was a philadelphia eagles fan and then to come full circle i mean i was 27 
when I first heard you broadcast an Eagles game. And I'm 40 now, and I'm here, and I'm doing this podcast. I had to be able to sit across from you. It's a real pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome, sir. Thank you very much. All right, now we're going to move on with the rest of the interview. Okay. I got to talk to you about food mostly today. Sure. We're going to talk a little about football. We're going to talk food. So first, we're going to start out back in the day, in your childhood. Tell me about some of the best food you had when you were a kid, maybe some guilty pleasure food. Boy, I mean, my mother, growing up as a little kid, made the same dinners every night. Every Monday, we would have, maybe it was steak. Every Tuesday, it was meatballs. Every Wednesday, it might have been roast chicken. I think roast chicken was Friday night. Thursday night, we'd have fish. And then on Saturday and Sunday, Saturday was usually something she picked up, some takeout food, because my mom and dad would go out. It would be date night on Saturday night for them. And then Sunday, we would generally go to a Chinese restaurant or a restaurant at 54th and City Line out near where I lived called Horn and Hearts. And we would, as a family, my mother, my father, my sister, and I would have Sunday dinner at a restaurant. That's fantastic. And what was your favorite? Was your favorite having that dinner with the family out and about, or was it the home-cooked meals that mom would make? It was probably the Saturday takeout. (laughs) (laughs) The Sunday would bother me because we generally have to leave in the middle of an Eagles game on television until I was old enough to go to the games. Sure. But during the week, I mean, my mother was not a great cook, but she was an adequate cook, and we ate hearty meals every night. She was a you know a stickler for the same menu again and again. My mom was the same way. Yeah, same yeah. way. It so. was always rib steak one night a week. Always rib steak. Always rib steak. Never, no other cuts or was that no, just just, her, just that's the one she liked? Steak. Okay. Yeah. I'll joke about my mom a little bit. Uh, I wound up becoming a chef. It's like cooking in self defense when I was a kid. Started cooking at twelve and I'm still doing it today. I love my mother. And she taught me a lot. My grandmother taught me a lot more in the kitchen. So it's nice to be able to to share these memories with you of our parents. See, I think my grandmother had a plot to kill me. And um, really, yeah, my parents would leave me off at her house often on a Saturday night was when I was a little kid. And they'd go out and I'd sleep over. And on Sunday morning, very often, she would give me a bowl of Rice Krispies with cream. And then she would fry <laughs> eggs with chicken fat. And it eventually killed my uncle, who lived with my grandmother for many years. He died at 93. <laughs> he died at 90. He lived till 93. caught up with him. The chicken fat got him at 93. I think that did it. I think that would get me right now. Oh, that but, was not a wow. healthy existence. But she was a great cook, but fortunately, I only ate that one day a week. Just one day a week. Just breakfast on a Sunday morning. That's a hell of a breakfast, man. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I can Not I the could breakfast of one. champions. No, definitely not. It's a little bit different Sunday mornings with the birds now. In fact, your Sunday morning breakfast, let's get into that. I know you have a tradition of doing the exact same breakfast every game day. Does that include road games, by yeah, the way? Usually, it does. Okay. Usually on road but, games, too. But when you're home... The wife makes it, right? Yes, Cindy. Cindy. And and what does she make you every Sunday? She makes me a large stack of pancakes. And that's it. A large stack of pancakes with a little bit of butter and syrup. And that holds me the entire day. Because when I arrive at the stadium, I leave the house. If it's a 1 o'clock game, I leave the house by 8.15. And I'm here by 9.15 or 9 o'clock. And I can't look at food. I am very, very nervous on a game day. I feel much the way I would feel going into a final exam back in my high school and college days when you would study and try to get it all down. And during the week, I'm studying, I'm preparing, I'm memorizing numbers. And my wife, former teacher, would go around with 
flashcards. And if the Eagles were playing the Giants, she may go 15 and I go Quadre Henderson. Don't worry about the obvious Odell Beckhams or Saquon Barkley. 22, Wayne Gorman. So I have all this stuff in my head and I can't even think about eating when I get to the stadium. I'm far too nervous. You got like so, a nervous stomach oh, before yeah. the game. I just feel that bass drum pounding really? from the moment I wake up on a game day. Now, even if it's a Monday night game, I'll get up early and I'll have a quick bowl of cereal. I will eat bran cereal with a little bit of almond milk and some raisins and walnuts. But then I'll go right back to sleep. I'll look over some notes and go back to sleep. And when I wake up at one o'clock, my wife will give me the stack of pancakes because they will hold me the rest of the day. All right, you heard that, fans. That's the Merrill Reese breakfast plan. That's it. For those late night games. Yep. There you go. Bran flakes, almond milk. Yep. Okay. And then a stack of pancakes. You got to take that nap in between, though. That's it. That's key. Yeah. Well, I will always nap before a road night game or a home night game because don't forget, I have got to sound coherent at 11 o'clock at night. Oh, sure. Yeah. So I can't just get up in the morning and go right through the day. No, I can imagine that you wouldn't. No, not many of us can, especially in broadcasting. You have to sound like, you know, you just got there, you're ready sure. to go, and you're fired up for the entire time. So I take it you don't use a lot of caffeine then. I mean, I, I've heard you have a ritual with a Coke during the fourth quarter and stuff yeah. like that, but for the most part, you're pretty fresh because well, of I'm, your rituals. I'm not a coffee drinker. Okay. I love the smell of coffee. I've never been able to drink even a cup of coffee. I don't like the taste of coffee. I can't even eat a coffee ice cream cone. I just don't like the taste. Love the aroma. Funny. But I do drink tea, so I will have one cup of tea with my breakfast. Okay. And then do you have the Coca-Cola at the stadium pretty much? Or? Yeah. I'm trying yeah. to lock in what it's like to be Merrill Reese on game day food-wise. Okay. So. I'll arrive at the stadium and I'll have maybe a Coke mixed with Diet Coke. All right. I'll have a cup of that. During the broadcast, I will drink bottle of water. I'll always have a bottle yep. of water, which invariably I end up spilling either over my quick or my spotter, Bill Warrendale. And they're always yelling, put the cap on, put the cap on. <laughs> In the fourth quarter, I will get a cup with ice and regular Coke, and it just gives me a little zip. That's fantastic. That's, it. That's fan Just for that the final push in the fourth quarter. Final push in the fourth quarter. I love getting this inside scoop on your uh, <laughs> game day traditions, food and drink-wise. That's really cool, man. You didn't always used to do the pancake ritual, though, right? You maybe ate some things here and there. I mean, obviously, you're traveling all these different cities and road games and anything. Can you tell me a little bit about any food traditions you might have had on the road back in the day? Well, I think earlier I used to eat a cheese omelet for breakfast, okay. but I felt that it had too much fat in it, okay. and so I went to the pancakes which an Eagles defensive back by the name of Rich Miano, who was an Eagles safety, actually, he told me about the pancakes. Give him enough carbs to get through the day, and uh, they don't upset his stomach. And so I went to the pancakes about 30 years ago. 30 years ago. I've been on the pancakes ever since. Now, in the off-season, from the time the season ends, even if it's February 4th at the Super Bowl, until the first preseason game, I won't touch a pancake. I can imagine not. You've not been once. Them. You've been eating them for the whole season. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's amazing. So what do you eat in the off-season? What do you got? Uh, any favorites? For breakfast? Yeah. My normal breakfast is a bowl of protein crunch with some bran, natural bran, mixed with raisins and walnuts and almond milk. All right, fans, write that and a down. a glass of orange juice. That's a Merrill Reese recipe, even in the off-season. In the off-season. Creature of habit. Yep. You got any favorite foods in Philadelphia that you just love? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I have to tell you, if I had a last meal, it would be pizza. I love pizza. I love a great pizza. What's your I favorite do. topping on a pizza? I usually just 
cheese. Just cheese? Just, just straight cheese. up like a really good cheese pie? Yeah. Occasionally, I will have mushrooms or mushrooms and peppers. I'm not a meat person on pizza. All right. That's good to know. I know you sample some of the Texas brisket we had oh, before the Cowboys goodness. game. And he comes up into the uh, cafeteria, and I'm standing there, and he comes right up, and he says, that's some of the best brisket I ever had outside of Texas. It floored me because that was one of the best compliments I ever got working here at the Eagles. That, that was amazing. Complex. So. Uh, I'm not even a brisket fan because growing up, whenever the family made brisket, it was kind of dry and a little bit tough and not a lot of flavor. But we have a friend who makes amazing brisket that just falls apart. And then when you had that Texas barbecue brisket, oh, it was just, I could have had five more slabs of it. Oh, that's not It was that good. Thank it you so much. It was that good. I'm starting to really pride myself on certain things I can do in that cafeteria. Oh, that was the best. Um, a lot of us back there use that smoker and do really well making a lot of good barbecue. Yeah. Brisket is like one of my favorite things to cook, so I appreciate that. That makes oh, me feel, it was, it was feel great. good. Voice of the Eagles likes my brisket. That's, that's, the best. that's good to know. All right, let's jump a little bit more into some other type of things uh, about food. One of my friends asked me, so you're going to talk to Merrill Reese? He said, ask him this. This is a great food question. How important is food and tailgating to football? Oh, it's a tradition. It's a tradition. And when I'm walking in from the parking lot and I come past all the tailgaters, I get a million invitations. Merrill, come on over and have some ribs. But I, <laughs> I well, decline. Stick to your, your I've got to stick to my there. no food routine. But tailgating is a great part of football. Sure. I would do it if I were a fan. Absolutely. I've had a chance to walk the lot, talk to a lot of these guys, and see how dedicated they are, not only to the sport, but to their food, to their family, and to this team. So it's right. amazing how important it can become. You know, to just go to the stadium on game day is great, but actually to cook and eat in the parking lot and then go in or even just experience it out in the parking lot at your tailgate, there's nothing better than that for some of these guys. You know, they'd rather sit there and do it in the parking lot than go in the stadium. So. One of my favorite cities, people often say, where's your favorite stadium? Other than the link, of course. My answer is, I love MetLife in New York, the Giants Stadium, because we have a great broadcast booth, great location, and I think it's an excellent stadium on the level of Lincoln Financial Field. But my favorite road city is Green Bay, and I love going to historic Lambeau Field, where you can almost see the ghost of Lombardi and hear John Facenda's voice talking about the frozen tundra of Green Bay, Wisconsin. But I love the tailgating and the fans are so friendly and so warm. And often when we just come out of that stadium and walk to the team buses, they are offering their grilled brat and I will have a brat from the fans there. That's amazing. Yeah, and that's, they're great. Oh, they got to be incredible great. in Green Bay. Fantastic. Would you say that's, beside it being one of your favorite tailgate cities, is that one of your favorite food cities to visit? I know you're focused on football while you're there. You're focused on the game, but when you travel all over the country, what's the best food city? Boy, the best food city. Now, I usually don't choose a restaurant. Very often, I will go out with the marketing department and their guests and uh, go to the restaurant that they choose. But I'll tell you one that I loved. When the Eagles, and they haven't in recent, the last couple of years, they've been staying in Dallas. But for several years, they stayed at a hotel in Fort Worth. And we used to go to a restaurant out near the stockyards called the Lonesome Dove Inn. And that place was great. Great. That was my favorite type of meal where you would have barbecue and you would have ribs or you'd have a Texas barbecue steak and baked beans. And I love that. That would be one of my great favorites. All right. Anybody goes on the road with the birds, make sure you check that place out. That's pretty cool. I would hit that place myself. I'm a huge fan of I'll uh, give you barbecue. another one, Tim, that we don't get to that often, but that would be Baltimore and going to a seafood restaurant and ordering the Baltimore crab cakes. That's great. Oh, yeah. They're very, very good. 
down in Baltimore. Absolutely. All right, let's go into some other questions. We talked about the pancakes, and your wife makes those for you. Yes. Who makes those on game day? You just get them from the hotel? Do you trust the hotel to yeah. do a good job? Sure. Usually they're sure. okay? Usually. All right. Does your wife cook anything else for you? What does on, she like to make? On game day? Any day. What, what does she, she like, like to make? Reservations. Reservations. <laughs> <laughs> That's Cindy's favorite. That's her favorite thing oh, to oh, do? absolutely. But, you know, Cindy barbecues very, very well. Okay. And uh, she'll throw a flank steak out there with my mother's marinade. My mom had left her that recipe, and marinades overnight, and it's good. It's a London broil. That's okay. great. And occasionally, uh, she makes great turkey burgers that she puts out on the grill, and they're good. She make them from scratch, like all yes. those. Yeah, yeah. You want to share any of those recipes with me? I, I don't that's know. That's a them. secret recipe. I don't okay. know them. I mean, I think all she right. gets chopped sirloin, and she puts an egg in there, and she has a some kind of a steak sauce in it. Okay. It's really good. I bet you it is. Like it sounds good. Worcestershire sauce. Sure. It's good. I've done some burgers with that kind of stuff. Breadcrumbs. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Now, I love burgers. I don't overdo the red meat. Okay. I mean, my favorite cut of meat is still a filet mignon. I love that occasionally. Uh, but I do love a great burger from time to time. Okay. And what's your favorite topping on a burger? Believe it or not, nothing. Nothing. I mean, I have a little lettuce and tomato. Okay. Maybe some pickles. But I'm not somebody who has cheese on my burger. Just a really good burger. Okay. I'm down with that. It's probably one of my favorite comfort foods, I would have to say. Not that I'm in need of comfort that much, but if you say to me, Tim, do you want to go out for burgers? I'm there. Chickies and Pete's on Packer Avenue. They make a great burger. They yeah. make a really good burger. Which a lot of people probably don't think of. No, they think of the crab fries and the sure. pizza, but they make a wonderful burger. You going to have a burger tonight when you go over there? I may. All right. I may. All right, I hope you do. That's a great place. Have you uh, bought into any of the sports science stuff that the guys do? I mean, I know, obviously, you're voice of the Eagles. You're not as athletic as uh, the guys that are out there, but is there anything that you've changed up in your diet based on different trends you see? And when you know who was here, I used to have a smoothie from time to time. I'd make it over in the cafeteria. Right, okay. Uh, but but it's more of an occasional thing. Okay. Not not often. And I stay away from a lot of milk products. Like, just as an example, I would never have a dairy product prior to going on the air because they bring up the mucus. You don't ever want that before you do any kind of speaking. Stay away from any dairy products. I'm going to follow that from now on. I used to bring iced coffee in here, and I used to have to clear my throat a bunch, but I stick to water now, and I find it's a lot easier to conduct the interview, you know, get through it without a lot of, uh, and all that kind of stuff. Sure. So, yeah, that's a good tip, man. Thanks very much. I'm going to close you out with a couple more questions and we'll sure. let you go. It's been a real pleasure having you oh, here. It's fun to way. be here. Thank you so much for being with us. I have one other thing. Oh yeah, sure. Go for uh, it. Another one of my favorite restaurants is a place called Phil's Tavern out near Bluebell. And they make something called a Palm Beach Burger, which is a broiled crab cake with lumps of lobster in it. I love that. That's a great, that is great genius. dish. Yeah. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. They put is. any kind of sauce on that or is that just straight uh, up broiled? And no, I can throw a little coleslaw on there Okay. and be happy. I stay away from the tartar, but a little coleslaw on there, and it's perfect. Sounds good to me. I'd be all over that. That sounds great. <laughs> Let me ask you this one. What's the worst thing you ever ate? Oh, my goodness. There aren't a lot of things that I hate. I've never tasted Scrapple, but I know it's a Philadelphia stable. Sure. I will love on occasion, not a lot, but give me an Italian roll with hot 
or sweet Italian sausage and some sautéed onions and peppers. That is, you talk about a guilty pleasure. That is a guilty pleasure. And the guilt doesn't even last that long. I can imagine it wouldn't. um, I love it. But the worst thing I have ever eaten, we went on a road trip to a restaurant one time that had dried salmon. It was supposed to be broiled salmon. It was so dry and tough. I mean, you couldn't even cut into it. That was as bad as it gets. But normally there's not a whole lot of foods that I don't like. As I said, I do eat red meat, but in moderation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll even have eggs with a strip of bacon once in a while. Once in a while. I mean, bacon's wonderful. It's not an often used part of my diet. Well, it's more like an off-season thing then. It could even be during the season if I want breakfast for dinner some night and no, I might have scrambled I eggs and bacon. breakfast for dinner. That's yeah. amazing. I, I got to get I you to that. try some of our house-made bacon back there. Oh, I'll bet it's great. Oh, it's fantastic. I'm going to make sure next time I see you come in. See, I find things. Once upon a time, we used to go to this restaurant, the Bluebell Inn, and they used to feature liver, calves' liver, and it was wrapped in bacon and eaten with Bernays sauce. But I was 16 years old then, 15, 16 years old, and nobody talked about cholesterol. Nobody talked about any of these things. And at that point, you're not worrying about adding calories or fat, but that was a great dish. But I haven't had calves liver in years because supposedly that is very high in cholesterol. I love lobster. Who doesn't love lobster? Here's a guilty pleasure. I love, and again, maybe four times a year, I love fried oysters. Is that right? Oh, Fried oysters are great. That's fantastic. I heard you guys had some good oysters down in New Orleans at the post-game meal. Did you, did we, did you able to partake of that? No. Oh, the team at the hotel had these grilled oysters. I don't know if you ever had them grilled. No, I never did. They put them right on a char grill. The oyster cooks inside the shell. Wow. And they pop them open, put a little garlic and parsley butter over them. They're absolutely incredible. Huh. We got to get you to try that sometime. I'll Chef try that. James replicated that this past week for Coach Doug and the rest of the coaches at a huh. coach's dinner. Next time he has that, I'm going to find a way to contact you. We got to get you to try that. It's amazing. Okay. Absolutely amazing. I, I will try it. All right, Merrill Reese, I'd love to thank you once again for sitting down with us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been like a fan moment for me. I'm around <laughs> celebrities and athletes all the time in that cafeteria, but to actually sit and talk to you and finally hear your voice right in front of me on this podcast, it's an honor. Well, sir. I'm a big fan of yours and your entire staff in the cafeteria. Thank Thank you very much. We really appreciate you. My pleasure. So that was one of my bucket list interviews. I had a fantastic time sitting down and talking with Merrill. Very, very different for me to be on the other end. Usually uh, I'm hearing his voice come out of the speaker and uh, I got to actually talk with him. Fantastic time. Want to thank him again for that. Next up, interview with a really special guy that I got to meet at an Eagles tailgate. He's been a tailgater for almost 50 years named Ed Callahan. Got a great RV and we're going to hear all about it right now. Everybody, Chef Tim Lopez. I'm sitting down with Ed Callahan. He is a super Eagles fan. Got a wonderful RV vehicle here over in Lot E. Been here for a number of years. We're going to talk to him today about his tailgate. How you doing, Ed? 
I'm doing pretty good, Tim. So tell us a little bit about this amazing vehicle. You just gave me a tour. How long have you been tailgating in this spot? Well, we've been in this spot since the link opened. We started tailgating with RVs the year after the Super Bowl season. During the Super Bowl, I met a guy who lived in a town called Guyton, Georgia, who had a 1979 GMC RV that he was trying to sell. I figured Guyton, Georgia would be a pretty good place to buy one. It's probably a town that's half RVs and half building. So we got a good deal from them and we drove it home and on the way home the engine exploded on us. It took us about 12 hours to get from Washington to Philly. Fortunately my nephew was my chief engineer who is a master car mechanic and he rebuilt the engine and we also eagled it up. We painted it green. We had Eagle's logos on it and we started tailgating in the spot. So Eagle Mobile was born with the first one. It lasted us through the 2013 season when it finally just fell apart and it's now in the great RV place in the sky, also known as the junkyard out just off of Route 1 in Langhorn. So we decided to go upscale and really do a nice one. So we bought a new RV. So now we have what we call Eagle Mobile 2. It's a 28-foot RV, a nice king-size bed. We had it professionally wrapped. And as you can see, and you'll show the pictures on your podcast, we love it. It's a beautiful ride. It is a beautiful ride. I was very, very moved by some of the pictures you have, one of the most iconic pictures in the back. Tell us a little bit about that one. Yeah, on the back, we have the most iconic picture in in Eagles history, I believe. It's the picture of Chuck Bednarik standing over a prone Frank Gifford with Chuck Weber recovering the fumble that ended the game, Eddie Kayat walking off to the side, and Kyle wrote a famous giant just looking down and kind of shaking his head because he knows the game is over. Frank is laying prone. Surrounding it, we have the Armed Forces logos. Many of our core members are associated with the military, either as civilians or now mostly retired military. Okay, and you guys can't really hear too much background noise. We're actually inside this fantastic RV. We gave myself and uh, Tyler, who's our production assistant today, a full tour. I'm blown away, especially with the wrap that stretches from 30th Street Station, you know, all the way over on the side of the vehicle. Some of the new stuff you put on for the Super Bowl. I mean, this vehicle bleeds green just like yourself. So we are very honored to talk with you today. Hardcore Eagles fan. It's fun to do it, Tim. I'm glad you do it, sir. Really appreciate your uh, dedication to the best team in the NFL, Philadelphia Eagles. So let's talk food. Food now, Ed, I want to get into some of the stuff that you guys cook here. Now, when you first started, you got that first RV. What were some of your staples that you went with? We come down when the lot's open. So for a one o'clock game, we're here at six in the morning. So obviously, we're going to cook breakfast when we first get here. We start out with our specialty omelet, which we call an Irish-American Philly omelet. And it's made with three eggs and a combination of Kerrygold Swiss cheese ground, Cooper brand American cheese ground, and Philly cream cheese with a little chai mixed in to the Swiss and the American. So that gives it its name, the Irish-American Philly. Uh, we have a 30-inch griddle out there that we cook our breakfast on and a lot of our sausages and other things for later in the day. But we also accompany it with bacon, pork rolls, scrapple, all the Philly basics. So we start off with a nice hearty Philly breakfast. We also have a bar, and if you're inclined uh, to require or to want a Bloody Mary, we can fix you up with that as well. That is comprehensive. Just for breakfast, 
breakfast. That's pretty good breakfast, I have to say. I mean, I've come to a couple different tailgates, and that sounds like a nice filling breakfast. Especially interested in that omelet. That omelet sounds really good. I make a lot of breakfast for the uh, Eagles players and staff and coaches over at the Novacare Complex, and that would fit right on our breakfast menu. I don't know about the Bloody Marys, but the uh, the omelet sounds pretty iconic. We could we could work that in there. Tell us a little bit about your lunch menu. Uh, Ten o'clock, we shift to lunch. We have basic core uh, food we do for lunch, and that's sausage and peppers with gravy. We do cheese steaks. Today we also roasted a leg of lamb. We have some marinating London broils out there that we're going to put on later. We have some marinating venison. Normally at this time of year we also have a made from scratch in the parking lot tomato basil crab soup but crab is $23 a pound and the soup requires 10 pounds of crab so we 86 the crab soup for this week. But if crab prices come down you come back next year we'll have it for you. Other uh, things we may have that are brought by people, we have plenty of desserts out there right now. We have some pumpkin pies, some chocolate-covered pretzels, homemade cookies, pizzas. These are all contributed by members of the tailgate. And let me expound on how I, I like to run this tailgate. Uh, you notice there's a pretty large crowd out there. We have a bar and a serving food. And if you've ever seen the Godfather movie, I subscribe to the Corleone method of tailgating. So I tell every guest that someday and that day may never Ever come, I'll call upon you to do me a service. But until that day, enjoy the hospitality of Eagle Mobile too. That's if you're a first-time visiting guest or an out-of-towner or even an opposing team's fan who just shows up for the game and we call them over and ask them to join the tailgate. If you want to be a regular, your contribution is food or a bottle of whiskey for the bar. That's fantastic. That, that sounds like I could easily slide right in here, give by uh, contribution to be a part of the tailgate. And it's great, too, that you accept opposing team fans. You know, not a lot of guys in this parking lot would do that. But that's, uh, I think, the spirit of brotherhood that Philadelphia has. You're definitely putting that out at your tailgate. So, you know, from the Eagles organization, we really appreciate that spirit as well. So let's talk a little bit about, I mean, it's a Giants game. It's an NFC game. It's a big game for the Birds. Tell me, food-wise, would you cook anything specific for this type of game? You know, over in the Eagles Nova Care cafeteria, we do something called devour the competition, where we'll take a specialty from that city or that state that they're known for, and we'll make it. We did some uh, New York style Reuben sandwiches this week. Uh, the last Giants game, we did a New York strip steak sandwich that was pretty good with some onions and peppers and some garlic aioli. Is there anything specific? Doesn't even have to be this team. Could be at any point. I know before this interview, you talked about the season opener. Maybe tell us a little bit about that. What you did for the season opener this year, because we're coming off the Super Bowl and we had the first game. We did our annual roast pig game. So we always have a roast pig at least once a year. We try to do it at the first evening or four o'clock game of the season when it's still warm weather and uh, you won't have congealed meat or what would happen if a roast pig sat out for hours in the cold. So we usually do it for the Giants, the Cowboys, or the Redskins. But this year, because we played the Falcons, we did the Falcons. You know, maybe that mojo with the roast pig is what helped break up some of those uh, receptions in the end zone. I think it is. I think it is. You know, you're bringing a lot of Eagle spirit. That's that's a good tradition, that pig roast. I like that a lot. All right, Ed, let's talk a little bit more about personal preferences with food. Do you have any guilty pleasures that you've loved your entire life? I'm reaching into my pocket to show you the wallpaper on my cell phone, but my favorite food of all time 
very rare prime rib of beef. I can eat my weight in very rare prime rib of beef, but that's a slab of rare prime rib from the prime rib restaurant in the Warwick Hotel at 17th and Logan. So that is my all-time favorite. We did make one of these last year in the parking lot in a dry fryer roaster, and it turned out great. The game where we had Thanksgiving against, I believe it was the Arizona Cardinals about five or six years ago. We had a big feed where we had turkeys, but we made a whole prime rib for that game as well. So we make it rarely, but we do make it. Cool, man. I love prime rib. We have a really good meat provider over at the Philadelphia Eagles Novacare Complex, and we do a lot of prime rib. We do a lot of brisket over there. The guys really like their beef, especially the high-quality beef. So that's the picture you showed me that got me really hungry. Think about making some prime rib for the guys. So thank you very much for showing us that. It is just past Thanksgiving. Do you guys bring any Thanksgiving flair to your tailgate since we just finished up Thanksgiving? We didn't today, but when we're on a Thanksgiving week, and by Sunday, I think people are kind of tired of turkey. So as turkeys weren't on our menu today, but we do fry turkeys. We might fry one before uh, the end of the season, maybe two. We have a dry fryer and a wet fryer, so we can do both. Last year, I believe we had the Christmas game. We did three turkeys. That's fantastic, man. Glad you really provide a lot of really good food to some of the best Eagles fans we have here in a lot. So I'm sure your service is appreciated not only by your crew, but anybody that stops in to join your tailgate. Really appreciate that. Is there any foods that you hate, Ed? Any foods you just can't stand in your whole life? Yeah, I hate liver. I've hated liver since I was a child. My mother tried to tell me that liver was mushy steak and uh, it didn't work. The only good piece of liver I've ever eaten in my life was in France when I was in the Navy. I went to Chief Petty Officers, French Navy Chief Petty Officers Club in Toulon, France. And they had liver on the menu, and it was delicious. Aside from that, I've never eaten or never will eat liver. Understood, man. I'm, I'm not too much of a fan of liver myself. Depends on how it's cooked, but it's never been like a staple on my menu. All right, I'm going to hit you with the three questions here at the end of our interview. They're really quick, so you just shout out the answers as they come into your head. What's your favorite burger topping? American cheese. American cheese. Okay, how about pizza topping? Fresh mozzarella. Fresh mozzarella. I lived in Italy for three years, so I was spoiled by real Neapolitan pizza. And I've never found a perfect one in the States since I've been back. I understand. Real great pizza is important to me as well. We, we do a lot of that over there for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles players and staff. Just got a brand new pizza oven. And someday, if I can ever have you over there, I'd love to make you a pizza okay. pie. So, all right, last question I want to ask you. Who's your favorite Eagles player of all time? Tommy McDonald. Tell me why. I saw Tommy make the catch in 1960. I've also had the honor of meeting Tommy before he passed. I met him when he was in his 70s and after he was inducted into the Hall of Fame, he shook everyone's hand and the grip that that man had at 75 could still crush walnuts. It was incredible. He was one of the toughest players in the league, the last player to play without a face mask legally. And he was five foot seven, playing in a big man sport, and he bounced up every time he was hit. He's a good man, good family man, great eagle, great representative of the spirit of our team. Amen to that. Do you have anything that you want to say to the Eagles Nation out there about our team, about our love of the game, and about just the greatest football city in the world? There's a lot of depression right now this year about where we're at after the Super Bowl high of just a few months ago. And I want everyone to remember, this team is a great team. It's a great core of players. The nucleus will be back. We've had unfortunate injuries this year, but don't give up hope. Don't give up fanship and don't give uprooting. We're not a bandwagon city. This is not a bandwagon fan group. So hang in there. This team is good, will be good, 
and we'll be around for a long while. God bless you, sir. I feel the exact same way. It's been a pleasure meeting with you and talking to you today, Ed. It's fun to do it, Tim. Fantastic time talking with that gentleman. Just a one-of-a-kind person to meet somebody that's that dedicated to our team and to providing really good eats on game day for his family and his friends. Thank you once again, Mr. Callahan. Wonderful meeting your family as well, sir. Also, I want to thank Merrill Reese. Just a pleasure. Pleasure and an honor to sit down with the legendary voice of the Philadelphia Eagles. That's going to do it for us this time on Feeding the Birds. As always, I want you to check us out. Check out our older episodes uh, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also rate us, please. We appreciate that. You can also check me out at my Instagram for this show. It's chef.tim.phl.eagles. You can look up recipes on there. You can check out what we're making over here at NovaCare for the players and squad. And I just want to say thank you once again. We have some of the best fans in the world. So won't you please join us again next time when we take a step off the field and take a look at what's on the plate. Go Birds!